Yes. Good times for you and me. Living for the weekend. You're keeping good company with W-A-T-H. I got something kind of unusual going on this weekend. I'll fill you in in a moment. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a beautiful morning outside. 65 right now, headed to 86. Going to have to mow this afternoon, the grass, that is. Because we got rain in store for us tomorrow and Sunday. It's a Friday, and it's the party line. Scott, I've uh, I've got something I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> do you? Okay. That I'm kind of I I'm 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 having mixed emotions about. The reunion? Yes. How did you know about? Oh, uh, hey, I've been in here with you long enough. I can Have I mentioned I, this before? Oh, yeah, I can feel the vibe, man. The mm. the reunion vibe okay. is coming through really loud and clear saying, "Go. Go. Go to your reunion. Go. Okay. Go." Well, <laughs> last night I called Kay Atkinson, who's now I think her last name is Ball. Um and um, and I said, I've not put in a reservation, but this seems to be a very casual picnic thing to do. Is it too late for me to intend to a- attend? She said, no, of course not. I said, well, I'll be there. Oh, right. Terrific. Good job, man. I knew you could do it. So 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon up at Worthington High School, our, our uh, 55th reunion. 55th. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, your number, 55, since and graduation. Uh, you know, I look at the names, and so many names are familiar. But can I put a face to the name? Not too often. And what's furthermore is I don't look the same as I did then. Well, nobody will. I'm not going to know anybody. <laughs> um, I bet you'll be surprised. And they say 70 are attending. Oh, good. She told me. Our class had a couple hundred in it. Um, But, you know, I think of, well, like Dan Radcliffe. He was my best friend. He also was an Ohio University graduate after Worthington. Dan lives in, like, New Jersey these days. 
I I just don't think he's going to be there. Was he on the list? I didn't see a list. Oh, okay. Um. In any case, this is a two o'clock event tomorrow. Uh, at an outdoor, beautiful facility next to the. Um, it's it's owned by the high school. It's like um. What'd you call it? Auxiliary building of some no, sort. I mean, like, um, like they have down on the West State Street fields, the uh, uh, entertainment, um, like an atrium or something like that. Shelter. A shelter. House? Shelter. There's okay. there's the word I was looking at for, for, and they're having it catered with some pulled pork and stuff like that. You Ooh. Know. Um, fifteen bucks a person. Wow. And that's like from six, I'm sorry, from two to six, something like that. But then they're going to go down to this local pub where there will be um, some alcoholic beverages and wonderful food. Well, I'm just going to do the afternoon thing. But, uh, you know, fortunately, we'll all be wearing name tags. (laughs) <laughs> and um, oh well I'll see how it goes this will be my f- my uh, second such event um, my first one was only 10 years after I graduated from Worthington so it was a hell of a lot easier <laughs> if you know what I mean uh, to recognize people. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what well, well, would you think? I didn't that? know. I wondered which part was a lot easier. Okay, well, <laughs> remembering names, remembering faces, remembering, um, well, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. I didn't know whether you were going to say it was easier to get there, easier well, no, to... No, no, Worthington's Worthington. Yeah, still there where it is. Yeah, it hasn't moved any. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I'm going to try it. And um, well, wonderful. Yeah, that's you will have a fabulous time. I'm hoping so. I'm I think you'll have so. more fun than than you might be thinking. You ever do that? Don't want to really go somewhere, not looking forward to it, or maybe wondering, should I do this or not? And then you go, and you have not too often more fun than you thought you were going to have. Not too often. <laughs> no, normally, you know, I I decide to go somewhere and I go somewhere, and there was there's not any um, any preconceived or, notions or anything or like that, misgivings or not yeah. misgivings, but uh, doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Good. Anyway, so we'll see. Well, we'll be anxious to hear about it okay. Monday morning. There you go. Folks will be out there waiting with <laughs> bated breath, bated as they say. It may be baited fishing poles, too. I don't know. I would like to start fishing again. You would? Mm-hmm. Do it. I have a lot of nice equipment. Most of it's saltwater-based because of the many years we spent near the ocean. But... Um, 
I need to find a fishing friend. And that shouldn't be too hard to do. I'll just try to work on that. Yeah, anyway. Well, there's a lot of uh, fishing holes around southeastern Ohio. It's not the ocean. No, yeah. Not saltwater fishing, but <clears throat> nevertheless, still fishing. I, you know, my best style of fishing was that of surf fishing, where you stand on the beach and you have this humongously long pole, and you cast way out into the ocean, and then uh, tease things back to shore. Right. Mm-hmm. I've caught a shark, not a big one. I've caught all sorts of things. And it's also interesting how different locations yield different catches. So Virginia Beach was one thing. Avon on the Outer Banks was another. Um, Certainly Hawaii, that was much different. Anyway, so it is, so it is. I do have a great selection of fishing gear, but most of it meant for salt water. Oh, well, we're just rambling here. It's a Friday, folks. We get to just sort of relax and prepare for a wonderful weekend. All right, let's, uh, let's turn our attention to some things going on. First of all, <coughs> high school football. Gets underway in earnest today. Uh, We will be covering, as we often do, two games tonight. Right here on WATH, you will hear Athens. They are traveling to Philo. And uh, kickoff is what, 7-ish? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Over on our FM station, Tower 105, WXTQ, however you choose to refer to it. We will have Trimble traveling. We will have Trimble traveling to Nelsonville, York. So both of those teams are opening their seasons tonight. But not only that, I mean mercy. Alexander and Eastern Pike. Gallia and Meggs, Vinton and Unioto, Wellston and Oak Hill, Eastern and River Valley, Waterford and Crooksville, South Gallia and Sims Valley, Warren and Belpre, Southern and Chesapeake, Cole Grove and Burn Union, East Knox and Northridge, Fort Fry and John Glenn, Newcomerstown and Shenandoah, Jackson and Logan. Well, I guess there's three more. Bishop Reedy and Newark Catholic. New Lexington and Fairfield Union and Garraway and Bel Air. It is seriously starting tonight. (laughs) Yeah, that Jackson-Logan game should be a good one, too. Of course. So once again, here on WATH, you'll be hearing Athens, who will be traveling to Philo. And over on our sister station, Power 105, you'll hear Trimble traveling to Nelsonville, York. Yes, kickoff is at 7. Fair enough. Um, 
let's see here. Let's let's get back to some of our normalcy. If this show is ever normal. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so today is August nineteenth. So it makes us unique. Um <laughs> <laughs> Today is International Bow Day. Okay, now, a bow. Bow and arrow was the first thing that came to my mind. But it could also be, you know, a ribbon tied in a bow. Mm-hmm. Bow tie. Um, a bow tie. So, I asked Scott, International Bow Day, what are we talking about? Well, during the 18th century, International Bow Day recognizes the accessory. Well, on August 19th, it recognizes the accessory. Now, during the 18th century, men primarily wore bows. Bow ties. Yeah. Okay. It just says bows, not no tie or anything, just bows, you know, in their hair and everything else. I've seen pictures of that. However, as fashion trends changed, women began to wear the accessory, too. They chose a variety of fabric styles, sizes to complement their wardrobes. And throughout the generations, bows continue to maintain their fashion power. While they never went out of style, designs in place dictated the fashioned uh, trends. On International Bow Day, celebrate your style with bows. Whether you choose to wear them in your hair or as a clothing accessory there's something for everyone now <laughs> i have never learned how to tie a bow tie i've tried several times to learn it but it just never looked right and i don't like clip-ons no they they're just too obviously not the real thing. Yeah. So bow ties are out for me. Now, my wife, Pat, loved scarves. And most of them were in, uh, not end-to-end, but loops. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, what a collection she had. And they were they were just one of her, um, what do you call it, um, Looks, right? Mm-hmm. Styles. Styles. And uh, she had a terrific collection. And when uh, everybody came home for her service, memorial service, um, a number of people picked out a scarf from her collection as a memory. You know what I mean? Yep. And nice little memento. Yeah. And took them home. So, but uh, bow, we're talking about old-fashioned bows, I think. Okay, let's go on. Today is National Potato Day. Mm-mm. Um, I like them about any way they're prepared. I was just about to say something similar. Go for it. Say it. Do it. I, I don't think I've ever met a potato I didn't like. <laughs> now, do I have certain ways I like them best? Of course. And I love sweet potatoes. Um, 
but really the only kinds I've had have been white and the orange, which is sweet, right? Yeah. Are there others? Uh, yeah, there are different kinds there. I've seen the purple ones. Uh, oh, I've never tried that. Yeah, what's, what's that like? Um, it's similar to the, you know, the orange ones. So, you know, they're, they're pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. There's not much difference, just for well, me anyway. Well, of course, the way you prepare them, is, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways. And, uh, boy, just a great roasted potato, baked potato. Um, with uh, the the complimented sauces or butter or whatever. <sighs> yeah. Salt. Yeah. Load it up for me, too. Yeah. I was somewhere the other night, and we had uh, mashed potatoes, which isn't my favorite, but they were wonderful. Mm. I wish I could think where it was. Oh, was it, uh, let's see. Albany Cafe, maybe? New? No. Seoul? You know where I did, I just now recalled. Harvest House. Oh. In Albany. Yeah. Yeah. They had mashed potatoes that were wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've had, I've eaten there a few times, too. Mm. All right, well, let's see. National Potato Day it is. National Soft Ice Cream Day. Oh, come on. <laughs> Isn't every day National Ice Cream Day? Yeah, it should day. be. Soft or hard, it makes no difference. <laughs> nope. Chocolate, vanilla, Neapolitan, bring them all. Peach, strawberry. Okay. On and on. One more thing today. It's National Aviation Day. Hey, there's one for you. Okay, so I've had this harebrained idea recently. (laughs) What are you laughing for already? (laughs) I haven't heard that word for years. Harebrained. I tell you what, we have a caller that's been (laughs) conscious or cautious. What do you patient? They've been waiting. Let's do that first. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, You were mentioning your wife's scarves. That was her signature, like Madeline um, Albright. Yeah, that's correct. Pardon me? I agree with you. It was like that uh, uh, Madeline Albright who would always wear a pin on yeah. her dress or mm-hmm. whatever outfit she had on. She was quite famous, and I never saw one ever repeated. Yeah. So. Well, she had um, a significant collection and purses, too. And so many people, as they came back to visit family members, you know, um, selected a purse that they'd like to take and think of Pat when doing so, and and scarves, and it was just really cool. And they could pass those on as, this is from Grandma. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's neat. Thanks very much. Have a good Friday. Thank you. Thank you. What were we talking about, Scott? Um, we were talking about aviation. Day. Oh yes, ha- I've had hair-brained. This, I have a hair-brained idea. <laughs> what does that mean, hair-brained? You'll see. Okay. <laughs> I hope not flying over here. Anyway, well maybe that'd be pretty interesting. Okay, see you so land a helicopter in the yard out here. I can do it. <laughs> That's what I said. It'd be pretty interesting. Hang on. 
So, folks, as you know, in, while I was in the service, I learned how to fly helicopters. It was not part of my assignment or my duty. It was something that was made an option to me, and I wanted to do it. The aircraft that I was trained on was a Bell UH-1. Um, it can sit six people easily, and eight if you cram in. Um, they are still widely used. I have been sort of playing in my head about getting my private version of the license for that which means I'd have to go back and take some classes and then be certified. Okay. How much do you think such a helicopter costs these days? Oh, these days? Millions. I have found one that is in really good shape. Oh, you mean the one, the... The type that you flew. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I, I don't thought you were talking about a modern helicopter. No. I okay. mean, they still make these. Oh, all right. Okay, I'll, I'll guess uh, $299.92. $177,500. I was just a little bit off. But... For some reason or other, I had it in my mind it was going to be much more. And this one is completely certified. Um, everything works. That's probably a good thing, that everything <laughs> works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now stop. Well, I mean... Anyway, so one of my dreams years ago... Folks, (laughs) many of you may remember the name Fritz Wheaton. Yes. He had a beautiful home there on uh, Elmwood. I was in school with one of his daughters. But uh, the family also owned a home right where the Hocking enters the Ohio River. So what do they call that? community down there. Hockingport. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> and this house, as I understand it, was originally envisioned by a Civil War riverboat captain who always, when passing by that corner, thought that would be the ideal place to build a home. And so he eventually did. Now, I may have this story that's this is the one I've been told. Well, later it became Fritz's, and a group that I'm a member of, Symposiarchs, they would hold annual, once a summer, a, a meeting down there, and it was very social in nature and wonderful. And sometimes Fritz had other gatherings down there, and I'm thinking to myself. I would love to live there. And 
get a helicopter and fly back and forth to work. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I this, know you're not. This was a real dream of mine. That's that's what I just said about it would be interesting to see hear a helicopter coming in from somewhere. <laughs> Here comes Dave over the top of the cut yeah, in the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Flying over that in the treetops. Clear those treetops. Head right down here. Well, needless to say, in the 50 years I've been here, it's not happened. And, um, you know, I don't I don't think it's probably going to happen, but I'm playing with the idea. It's nice to have But think of it. I, like going to the reunion tomorrow. Flying in there and that baby? Because there's all these... Um, practice athletic fields down by these oh, shelters. Yeah. yeah. So I just land. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? You could, it made quite an impression. Uh, yeah. You could hop out of there and strut over and say, how do you like me now, Miami Marsha? <laughs> <laughs> now, she was, in the, she was a year behind me. I don't care. Somebody will tell her. <laughs> she lives up in Youngstown, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't have to bring that up. Well, well, it'd, be, it'd be cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, really, National Aviation Day. Struck right out of that chopper. <laughs> Hello, folks. Yeah. I'm here. All right. Let's see here. Let's do our history stuff. And I always need your help with this. Okay, so on this day in history, and once again, the date is August 19th. In 1839, on this date, details of Louis Daguerre's first practical photographic process are released in Paris. Now, I'll spell that last name for your help. D-A-G-U-E-R-R-E. Evidently, he was among the people who discovered how to make photographs. Yes, he was a French artist and photographer. Recognized for his invention of that process of photography. He became known as one of the fathers of Eight, photography. 1839. Oh, my. The, um, the dog shelter has arrived. Yeah. The, um... Let's see here. So, think of photography. At one point, I had a 4 by 5 inch um, old time press photography of, of camera, which had the big flash and the film was 4 inches by 5 inches. 
and it didn't have a roll, you inserted sheet by sheet in a panel that kept it dark until it was engaged in the camp. I've had Nikons. I still have many of these in my basement. It's a really a camera collection, historically. Um, I have, over the years, purchased a number of the so-called digital cameras. Um, and now, we all have them on our cell phones. And they do a pretty good job. Really good. Well, no, I won't go that far. The but pictures I've taken are really clear. Okay. <coughs> um, it's just amazing. And so here I have boxes of cameras that I should probably give to the um, Southeast Ohio History Center or something like that. The Historical <laughs> Society. Tom O'Grady. Yeah. Um, I know the, the camera you were talking about, that, that one that had the flash, like on a little post. Oh, yes. And you had a the holding bar on the you, side of you it. You put fresh flash bulbs in each yep. time you use yep. it. Yep, I remember seeing those when I was a kid, too. People were still using those. And when I was using them, this is kind of gross, um, my job was to shoot dead bodies and handshakes for the Clintonville Booster and then later the Dispatch. Um, which isn't really too much fun. But, um, you know, it was the press. Yeah. The media. All right. Well, next. In 1942, during World War II, over 4,000 Canadian and British soldiers were killed, wounded, or captured. Raiding, and I'm not sure how this is said, Dieppe, France? D-I-E-P-P-E. It's a, a city or community in France. Um, the fishing port on the Normandy coast. Okay. Well. 1988, Iran and Iraq begin a ceasefire in their eight-year-old war. Now, in parenthesis, it says 11 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I guess that's when it began. 1991, conservative members of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union attempt to depose Mikhail Gorbachev in a coup d'etat. That would be a failed coup, right? Yes. Detente. Well, the coup is when it's trying, uh, being attempted to be taken over. And the fact that they added the word detente, and I think I'm saying that right, means it failed. I think so. Well, we'll just see. Okay. Coup de Does it D apostrophe E? Um, yes. 
He has the tilde over it, T-A-T. Okay. What does it mean? Literally, it means uh, the sudden violent overthrow of an existing government by a small group. So did it say in front of that a failed coup, or was it accomplished? They say attempted to depose. Oh, attempted, so apparently... It was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. But the word detente does not mean a failure in itself. Correct. Okay. So I was wrong. 2010 Operation Iraqi Freedom ends with the last of the United States Brigade combat teams crossing the border to Kuwait. Okay, now we can do some people here. Charles E. Hires. Born in 1851, died in 1937. Could we be talking about root beer? I would bet so. Charles Elmer Hires was an American pharmacist. And, you know, pharmacists have invented other flavors of soda. No, I didn't know Yes, they have. Uh, American pharmacist and early promoter of the commercially prepared Root beer. Okay, so I guessed right. Yes, he founded the Charles E. Hires Company, which manufactured and distributed Hires root beer. When I was growing up, of course, living in Worthington, the closest shopping center was Graceland. And we didn't have Northland and Eastland and all of those uh, back then. We just had a few. And just past Graceland was a Hires root, root Beer um, store, stand, whatever you want to call it. And it was good. If you like root beer. Mm, you like root beer floats, too? Sure. Mm-mm. Good stuff. Okay, Malcolm Forbes is, is our next name to bring up. He was born in 1919 on this date. Died in 1990. Malcolm Forbes. Malcolm Forbes. Malcolm Stevenson Forbes was an American entrepreneur, most prominently known as the publisher of Forbes magazine, uh-huh. founded by his father, B.C. Forbes. Okay. Children, Stephen Forbes, Christopher Forbes, Tim Forbes. No mention of his height. We needed to know that? Yeah. Okay. Why not? It's Friday. Okay. Free for all Friday. Now, um, I've heard of Forbes magazine, Forbes magazine yes. for years. Have I ever seen a copy of it? Not to my knowledge. Do I know that it's uh, what it was known for? Is Was it a news thing? Was it a sports thing? Was it What was it? Forbes magazine. I don't know. And someone's calling me. Let me turn it off. Okay. Forbes Magazine. What was their thing? Forbes Magazine, um, it's basically, from my understanding, like a business magazine. Okay. Uh, Let's look here. Forbes is an American business magazine owned by Integrated Whale Media Investments and the Forbes family. It features articles on finance, industry, investing, and marketing topics. Well, I'm have a feeling my dad had it around the house, but I never paid any attention. Okay, 
our next um, famous birthday, Coco Chanel. And uh, that name should make some, give you some thought of beauty. Mm-hmm. Right? And fashion. Yes. And um, this is a picture. She was, um, she, she, well, she was born in 1883, died in 1971. And um, still, her picture, very attractive. Now, um, a few tidbits on her life. Gabrielle Bonheur Coco Chanel was a French fashion designer and businesswoman, the founder and namesake of the Chanel brand. She was credited in the post-World War I era with popularizing a sporty, casual chic as the feminine standard of style. All right, uh, two famous deaths. The first one um, should be somewhat familiar to us. Caesar. Augustus Caesar. He was born in 63 B.C., died in 14 A.D. Anything you want to add on that? Oh, sure. Caesar Augustus, also known as Octavian, was the first Roman emperor reigning from 27 B.C. until his death in A.D. 14. His status as the founder of the Roman Principate has consolidated legacy as one of the greatest leaders in human history. And finally, Blaise, or Blaise, however, Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L. He was born in 1623, died in 1662. Blaise Pascal was a French mathematician, physicist, inventor, philosopher, writer, and Catholic theologian, he was a child uh, prodigy who was educated by his father, a tax collector. Well, I I don't know where the the day's gone. We have seven minutes remaining. Oh, we've been having a good time here talking about all kinds of stuff, from reunions to aviation day, helicopter pilots, housing, flying, food, root beer. You name it. We could go on and on. All right. Well, as I said, it's Friday the 19th of August. Um, the Trump Organization's CFO, Chief Financial Officer, pleads guilty. He did so yesterday to multiple charges of tax fraud stemming from his time with the company. Alan... Weisselford is his name, and the prosecutors allege um, that he led finances for the company for at least two decades, conspired to avoid tax payments via the off-the-books compensation. The fringe benefits reported in included $1.7 million bucks worth of apartments, cars, and private school tuition for his children. Story goes on, as part of the deal, Weiselberg agreed to testify if called as a witness in a similar case against the Trump Organization scheduled to begin in New York in October. Former, pres- former President Donald Trump is not personally charged in the case. 
Pending his cooperation in the upcoming trial, the presiding judge agreed to sentence Weisselberg to five months in jail <coughs> excuse me, and five years probation. The company and former president have framed the cases as politically motivated and argued the payments constituted a standard business practice. Entirely different topic, the asteroid that led to the extinction of a vast majority of dinosaurs may have been followed by a second, smaller impact, roughly 5,000 miles away. The scenario has been proposed following the discovery of an impact crater off the west coast of Africa, dating to the same time period. Current theories suggest a six-mile-wide asteroid struck Earth just off Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula roughly 66 million years ago. The impact sent a tidal wave crashing as far north as present-day North Dakota. It altered the climate also and led to the mass extinction of about three-quarters of the species alive at that time. The new discovery, dubbed the Nadir Nadir Crater, was accidentally found by geologists studying tectonic plates. It is unclear whether the object broke apart from the primary asteroid as it entered the atmosphere or was wholly separate body. There's so much we don't know yet. And that happened millions, perhaps gazillions of years ago. You know? Yes. Well, we have about two minutes now this stack away. Oops. I missed something. Oh, well. It doesn't matter. Why don't you... Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> okay. You um, You thought it'd be fun to end with some music, right? Um. Well, something different, anyway. And, so, um, I just... Think of that one. Oh my. I know this. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters. And the lake has alligators. And the head coach wants no sissies so he reads to us from something called Ulysses now I don't want 
This should scare you, but my bunkmate has malaria. You remember Jeffrey Hardy? They're about to organize a searching party. Take me home, oh Madafada, take me home. I hate Granada, don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. I wish we had more time to play the rest of it. But we're out of time. Have a marvelous weekend out there. 97.1 FM. WATH FM's. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. There's worry in southern Ukraine. Russia may make a move to cut off the country from the power supply from its own nuclear plant. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres spoke today during a stop in Odessa. First of all, what is true is that if we demilitarize, as we propose, the plant, the problem will be solved. And obviously... The electricity from Zaporizhia is Ukrainian electricity, and it's necessary, especially during the winter, for the Ukrainian people. We could get a look at the affidavit soon that paved the way for the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. A judge in Florida okayed its release after highly sensitive portions are obscured. CBS's Catherine Herridge. The Justice Department has just six days to propose what information should be blanked out or redacted from that affidavit. A Trump spokesman said the entire record should be public. The school board in Fargo, North Dakota, has reversed course and reinstated a rule to recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the start of monthly meetings. People across the country had joined conservative lawmakers there who complained when they scratched.